and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 9th of December 2023. This week Team 3 are bringing you the news. I'm Janet, the team leader, and your other readers are Alan, Amanda and Brian. Your editor this week is Samida. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. The headlines this week are Soaring Cost of Waste Facility, Custody Visit Scheme Gong, an apology for swearing. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Hello, this is Alan. The costs associated with a planned new waste shredding facility designed to help deal with the disposal of bulkier waste are set to almost triple, county councillors have been told. Initial estimates for the planned shredding building at the Waterdale Waste Transfer Station near Hemel were around 4.5 million. But on Friday, 1st December, it was reported to a meeting of the Resources and Performance Cabinet Panel that the estimate had increased to 13 million. Described as a priority project, the facility would be used to deal with bulkier waste and enabling more waste to be incinerated at energy recovering facilities, rather than landfill. But according to a report presented to councillors at the meeting, inflation, ongoing supply issues and additional requirements that have come out through the planning process have increased costs. And, as a result, officers have now drawn up plans to reallocate funding from other waste projects to ensure that it can be delivered. According to the report to the panel, included as part of the latest Budget Monitor report, the original cost estimates were based on figures from September. Since then, officers have secured the required planning permission and work has been ongoing to discharge planning conditions. But, now they say, construction costs have increased due to significant increases in inflation, ongoing supply issues and additional requirements that have emerged through the planning process. These additional requirements are reported to include increased drainage system costs as a result of government changes to the Ground Water Source Protection Zone, uh, Liberal Democrat councillor Tim Williams said the original estimate was 4.5 million for the shredding facility, but now it's 13. So basically, just asking the basic question here, what happened? Why has it gone so high? Director of Corporate Finance Scott Walker pointed to inflame, inflation and changes in specification. Hello, this is Amanda. This week in history. December 7th, 1941, the Japanese attacked the US fleet in Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. 
On this day last year, the Queen invited children to decorate the Christmas tree and receive festive surprises at Clarence House. December the 8th, 1980, John Lennon was shot dead in New York by Mark David Chapman. On this day last year, the first three episodes of Harry and Meghan dropped on Netflix. December the 9th, 1960, the first episode of Coronation Street was televised, although it was not networked until spring 1961. It was originally called Florizel Street. On this day last year, Rishi Sunak announced that Britain would work to develop next-generation fighter jets with Italy and Japan. December 10, 1936, Edward VIII signed the Instrument of Abdication. He chose American divorcee Wallace Simpson over his royal duty. On this day last year, England's 2022 World Cup campaign ended with a 2-1 loss against France in Doha. December 11, 1967, the prototype of the world's first supersonic airliner, Concorde, was revealed. On this day last year, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak spoke to the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, and said he looked forward to building on the close relationship between the countries. Hello, this is Brian. Four Code of Conduct complaints were made against county councillors in the past 12 months, according to a report presented to the Council Standards Committee. In three of those instances, an initial investigation found that no action was required. And in the fourth, where a councillor was accused of swearing at the complaint at a public meeting, a written apology was made. According to the report, the language used by the councillor at the meeting was found to be inappropriate. However, the report said that the councillor had expressed remorse and offered a written apology and that no further action was required. In another complaint, it was alleged that a councillor had been rude to the complainant in an email, but the report said that the email did not meet the threshold of breach of the code. In a further complaint, it was alleged that a councillor's comment at budget debate fell foul of the Nolan principle of honesty. But after initial assessment, the report says that no further action was warranted. And in the final complaint listed there was an alleged an allegation that the contents of an email from a councillor were incongruous, condescending, disrespectful, arrogant, as well as being unhelpful and unprofessional. However, an initial assessment determined that the language in the email was not considered to be offensive, rude or dismissive. The report, which runs between October 2022 and September 2023, was presented last week. Full details, including further details of the allegations and the names of the councillors, were circulated to councillors as part two documents. This means they are not available to the public and any discussion related to the detail in the document were held between closed doors. The LDRS, Local Democracy Reporting Service, had requested in advance of the meeting that the full document was available to the public. In a statement issued to the LDRS, a spokesperson for the County Council said 
The full list of complaints will remain anonymised as the committee strikes a balance between the need for transparency as well as protecting councillors where complaints against them were not upheld. The Hertfordshire Police and Crime Commissioner's Office has been recognised nationally for the quality of its custody visiting scheme. Under this scheme, trained volunteers from the community, known as Independent Custody Visits or ICVs, make regular unannounced visits to police custody suites to check on the rights, entitlements, well-being and dignity of those held there. Their findings are reported to the Police and Crime Commissioner David Lloyd, who holds the Chief Constable to account. The Independent Custody Visiting Association, ICVA, the national membership organisation that supports, leads and represents these schemes, has developed a framework to assess how well schemes comply with the code of practice that governs custody visiting. The Hertfordshire scheme was presented with a Silver Quality Assurance Award. What, <clears throat> what do you do with your Christmas tree after the festivities have finished? If you have a real tree, six local scout groups in Berkhamsted and surrounding areas can help. For a suggested voluntary contribution of £6 per tree, they will pick up your tree on Sunday 7th January 2024 and take it to the Decorum Council Shredder. Pay for your tree collection at www.firstberkhamstead.org.uk forward slash trees. For many who have bought a farm-grown tree, it's a tricky decision about what to do with it in January. To encourage tree cycling, Decorum's Waste Services team are again setting up a shredding machine in Water Lane Car Park, Berkhamsted, for one day only, Sunday 7th January 24. The pine trees are chipped and these natural chippings are then used to keep council flower beds weed-free across the borough. Helping local citizens to recycle their Christmas trees are the various scout groups from Berkhamsted and surrounding area, coordinated by the first Berkhamsted scout group. It has organised a tree collection service for over 15 years where Christmas trees are picked up from people's houses and taken to the shredding site. This year, five other local scout groups are also helping. First Gossam's End, First North Church, First Potton End, First Little Gadsden and VVV Explorer Group. The shredding day is popular and there is often a queue to drop off a tree, says Paul Chambers, first Berkhamsted scout leader. We save people time by taking their tree for them in our large vans. Tring Park School for the Performing Arts has announced that Claire Sweeney is its new patron. 
The much-loved actress, singer and television personality is joining the community of long-standing patrons including choreographer Matthew Bourne. Currently appearing in Coronation Street as Cassie Plummer, Claire has had a long and diverse career. She has not only starred in a plethora of primetime TV shows, such as her breakout role in the 1991 in the popular soap Brookside, but also on stage in musicals, taking on much-loved characters like Roxy Hart in Chicago, showcasing her incredible voice. Alongside her role in Coronation Street, Claire is further demonstrating her versatility by training for ITV's Dancing on Ice and appearing in Channel 5 drama The Good Ship Murder. Claire first began her training in performing arts as a teenager, so knows exactly what the students at Tring Park School have in store for them and can offer practical guidance as they progress through their vocational study and into the industry. She said, I have a close affinity with Tring Park School. My godson was once a student and I have many friends in the industry that have attended. It's a wonderful place. The work Tring Park does to provide a creative environment where young performers can flourish and excel is truly outstanding. The core values of excellence, creativity and resilience run through the corridors of the school and I look forward to supporting them in further nurturing the, the actors, dancers and musicians of tomorrow. Tring Park School is a co-educational boarding and day school providing education and training to young people from the age of 7 to 19. Pupils receive rigorous training in the performing arts that is combined with an extensive academic programme of study. All students benefit from a unique private school education with an emphasis on performing arts and creativity. Principal Simon Larter Evans says, We are thrilled to have Claire on board as a patron of the school. Not only is she a highly successful actor and one of the most in demand on stage and screen, but she is fully aligned with our ethos of supporting young performers, both in their vocational and academic study. A company in Hemel Hempstead has been fined for failing to maintain its waste disposal area. Decorum Borough Council says a warning issued to Salmicast Limited was not acted upon. A council investigation discovered that bins outside the premises of the Royden Court property were often overflowing with litter. On the 22nd of November 2023 at St Albans Magistrates Court, Salmicast Limited pleaded guilty to breaching a community protection notice between November 2022 and June 2023. Sal Salchemist Limited was ordered to pay a total of £8,280.55, which consisted of £3,609 fine, £3,227.55 costs, and a victim surcharge of £1,440. Public health enforcement officers observed the site between May 2022 and June 2023. Magistrates heard they found an area scattered with litter and bins overflowing creating an environment for pests and vermin. After a warning to the company led to no improvement, the business received a fixed penalty notice. Decorum Borough Council says this also did not lead to an improvement, so the authority took legal action. The council lists guidance on its website, which companies can access to check whether they are following the rules. The council also offers advice on how fly tipping can be reported 
most effectively. Councillor Robin Bromham said, it is a great shame that a minority do not take steps to keep areas free from refuse and vermin, nor dispose of waste properly. A councillor for Decorum Borough Council has stepped down from her cabinet post in order to run in the next parliamentary election. Councillor Sally Symington is looking to become an MP for South West Hertfordshire, representing the Liberal Democrats. She held a cabinet role in the authority as the portfolio holder for corporate and commercial matters. Sally will continue in her role as councillor for the constituents in the Berkhamsted West Ward. Councillor Symington said, I have stepped down from my position to concentrate on campaigning for the forthcoming general election in what is a key parliamentary seat for the Liberal Democrats. I have thoroughly enjoyed my time serving in the Cabinet for the people of Decorum. I am proud to have set the course for the new Liberal Democrats' administration priorities to protect services and support the most vulnerable in the community whilst delivering sound financial outcomes. Conservative MP Gagan Mahindra won the seat in the 2019 general election. Decorum Borough Council leader, Councillor Ron Tyndall said, Sally will be missed, but I wish her every good fortune and I look forward to welcoming her as a Member of Parliament after the general election. Councillor Tyndall will assume responsibility for the corporate and commercial portfolio until a new Cabinet member is appointed. A Rennie Grove Peace Hospice care nurse has shared her experience of being on the receiving end of the service she works for to encourage local people to support the Big Give Christmas Challenge fundraising appeal. Becky Vavel started working as a hospice at home nurse with the charity in 2014, following in the footsteps of her mum, Sue, who had been a nurse with the charity since the early days of Ian Rennie Hospice at Home. In 2022, Becky's family was in need of the services of the hospice after Sue was diagnosed with a life-limiting illness. Becky says, when mum was diagnosed, she became very unwell very quickly. I was keen for Rennie Grove to get involved right from the start, as I knew that the hospital home team would support all of our needs. I may be a trained nurse, but in this case, I was a patient's daughter, and it's entirely different. As well as the care and support for mum's clinical needs, my sister and I needed the reassurance that comes from having a team at the end of the phone to call any time for advice and support. As well as the nursing team, Mum was referred to the Rapid Personalised Care Service. This is the team that provides personal care to patients in their own home. We were so pleased to have their support and Mum was thrilled with the high standard of care she received. Every member of the team who came to the house was just incredible. So kind, caring and compassionate. 
I will never forget each of them, and two of the carers were even with us when Mum died, which provided great comfort to our family. Mum died just a week before my wedding. On the day she died, a hospital home nurse helped me to wash Mum, and together we dressed her in the outfit she would have worn to our wedding. This was such a special moment, and I was so grateful to have the support of the team to help me at such a difficult and poignant time. For me, the whole experience of being on the other side of the service offered by Rennie Grove Peace was really eye-opening. It gave me a completely different perspective on what our patients and their families go through, Every member of staff, from the admin staff to the hospice at home team and the rapid personalised care service team made a huge difference to our family and I want to ensure that every other local family that needs this level of support is able to access it. This year, Rennie Grove Peace is aiming to raise one £100,000 via the Big Give Christmas Challenge. To donate to Rennie Grove Peace, visit thebiggive.org.uk and search Rennie Grove Peace. A plea to pause an inquiry into Luton Airport's expansion has been made by Deputy Liberal Democrat leader and St Albans MP Daisy Cooper. Speaking at the Planning Inspectorate open hearing, Ms Cooper explained, The 2019 advice from the Climate Change Committee to the Government is crystal clear. Aviation is likely to be the single largest producer of carbon emissions by 2050. Even if aviation capacity remains static, fuel efficiency measures alone could only result in a 20% reduction in emissions at best. Its recommendation is there should be no net expansion overall to meet the legally binding 2050 net zero target. If capacity at one airport is increased, equal or greater reductions are needed at others. In the London region, Heathrow plans a 60 million passenger increase, Gatwick 30 million and Stansted 10 million. It's clear London's, Luton's expansion would be contrary to expert advice and in direct conflict with the government's legal obligations to reach net zero. This year, the committee warned, no airport expansion should proceed until a UK-wide capacity management framework exists to annually, annually assess and, if required, control greenhouse gas emissions and carbon dioxide effects. After that framework is developed, there should be no net airport expansion unless the carbon intensity of aviation is outperforming the government emissions reduction pathway and can accommodate the extra demand. Any future proposals to expand at Luton should be measured against the government's latest emissions pathway. On economic impact and job creation, a new Economics Foundation report published in July suggested there's no strong evidence that increase in UK air travel results in any rise in productivity or GDP growth, she said. 
Any further expansion of the airport would have a huge impact for my constituents. The exp expansion would almost double capacity with a significant increase in overall aircraft movement and a similar impact on already congested roads across the region. As a bare minimum, I formally request the inspectors pause this inquiry. And at best, for the sake of our climate, local environment and people's health, I implore you to re refuse this application outright. The number of homes in Hertfordshire increased by 4,611 in 2022-23, according to data due to be presented to councillors. And that's being taken as a sign that the housing market has now returned to pre-COVID levels of activity. The increase of 4,611 net new homes is 431 higher than the number recorded in 2021-22. That's an increase of 10.3%. And it's close to the 4,618 recorded immediately before the impact of the pandemic in 2019-20. The data was due to be reported to a meeting of the County Council's Performance and Resources Cabinet Panel last Friday, December 1st. Overall, that data shows that the gross number of new homes built in the county last year, 2022-3, was 4,924 and includes 2,511 built on windfall sites. It shows that the net number of new homes built in the county in the past 22 years since 2001 is 83,432. That's an average of 3,792 a year. But it also shows how hard it is to buy a property in the county compared to other places. The housing affordability ratio compares median house prices to median earnings. According to the report, the affordability ratio in Hertfordshire is now 12.6, which is said to be notably higher than the rest of England's average of 8.3. Hertfordshire Constabulary has launched a podcast series offering insight into what life is actually like on the force. This series of shows has been commissioned to give potential officers a better idea of what the job entails. Police community support officers, police officers and detectives have talked about what attracted them to a career in policing, the challenges they have faced and their thoughts on the jobs they do. Episode 1 features PCSOs Shelley and Heather, together with Police Officer Luke, talking about their experiences working together in North Hearts and the surrounding areas. PCSO Heather said, It's life-changing. If you've got empathy and care about people and the world you live in, you can make a difference. I'm proud of what I do. I'm proud of the guys that I work with. Just do it. You won't regret it. Hertfordshire Constabulary has up uploaded episode one to YouTube and it can be viewed there. Superintendent Hay from the Constabulary's Workforce Development Unit added, We're recruiting now for PCSOs, police officers, detectives and other roles and are attracting people from a wide range of career backgrounds who are bringing valuable life and work experience with them. We recorded these podcasts for those who want to know more about what it's like to work in policing, so they can hear from those in the job reflecting on what attracted them to it, 
their highlights, the challenges they face, and their advice to anyone who's looking to start an exciting and fulfilling career with us. Experts have called on the government to invest in early intervention services after Hertfordshire schools reported a record number of suspensions in the autumn term last year. Department for Education figures show there were 3.9 thousand suspensions of students at Hertfordshire schools during the 2022-23 autumn term, up from 3,100 across the same period the year before. This was the highest number of any term since comparable figures began at the start of the 2016-17 academic year. Nationally, there were more than 247,000 suspensions during the autumn term last year, a record high and a substantial increase on the almost 184,000 in the 2021-22 autumn term. Deteriorating mental health, unmet special educational needs and the lack of funding in local services were blamed for the statistics. The General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders, Jeff Barton, said this increase in suspensions mirrors what we are hearing from schools about a rise in challenging pupil behaviour since the pandemic. That is partly associated with the pandemic itself and the, se the sense among some pupils that normal rules no longer apply. But it is also more deeply seated in deteriorating mental health, unmet special educational needs, lack of funding and erosion of family support, service, support, uh, support services over a long period. Continuing in that article, it is putting huge pressure on school leaders and staff. In the 511 schools in Hertfordshire, the most suspensions, 2,941, were given at secondary schools while there were 791 at primary schools and 207 at special schools. In England, the overall suspension rate was 2.96, meaning there were 296 suspensions per 10,000 students. This was lower for school in Hertfordshire, where the rate was 1.98. Mr Barton added, Early intervention is the key to preventing behaviour issues spiralling to the point of suspensions and exclusions. But doing that requires a commitment on the part of the government to sufficient investment in schools and local services. That is sadly lacking at present. Permanent exclusions were also on the rise last year, with 3,100 students expelled from schools during the autumn term, 1,000 more than the year before. In Hertfordshire, 56 pupils had to look for a new school after being expelled. The Children's Society Head of Policy, Irina Pona, said... Exclusion must be a measure of last resort. When children exhibit changes in behaviour, 
the priority should be understanding and addressing the underlying causes. To do this effectively, schools must be equipped with the right resources and training. A DOE spokesperson said, we back heads to use suspensions and permanent exclusions where required as part of behaviour management so they can provide calm, safe and supportive environments where both pupils and staff can work in safety and are respected. However, we are clear that permanent exclusion should only be used as a last resort and should not mean exclusion for education. Alcohol worth £2,000 stolen. A Sainsbury's in Hemel Hempstead was robbed by offenders who took around £2,000 worth of alcohol. The raid took place at the store in Shenley Road on Tuesday the 24th of October. Witness reports state that a staff member was verbally threatened during the incident. Officers would like to speak with the people pictured as it is believed that they may have information to assist inquiries. Hertfordshire Constabulary says, if this is you or you recognise them, please contact Detective Constable Gemma Ball via email to gemma.ball at hearts.police.uk. Information can also be reported to the police force online and via its web chat or by calling the non-emergency number 101, quoting the crime reference 41 slash 85115 slash 23. Crimes can also be reported anonymously by calling Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 111 or using its untraceable online form. An attempted mugging in Hemel Hempstead has been confirmed by the police. A man tried to steal a rucksack from someone walking along Rumbles Road on Tuesday, November the 21st. Hertfordshire Constabulary has confirmed the incident took place between 3.15 and 3.45pm. The offender has been described to the police as a white man, approximately 5 feet 11 inches tall to 6 feet, around 18 to 20 years old and clean-shaven with brown hair. He was said to be wearing a black hoodrich jumper with black jogging bottoms and red and white Nike trainers. Detective Constable Michael Knight from the local crime unit said, Our inquiries are continuing and I am urging anyone with information to please get in touch. Were you in the area at the time and saw what happened or witnessed anyone acting suspiciously around Rumbles Road or Barnacres Road? If you have any information, no matter how small or insignificant you think it may be, please email me at michael.knight.com at hearts.police.uk Alternatively, if you were driving in the area and have a dash cam fitted, please check it as you may have recorded some crucial footage to assist the investigation. Information can be reported to the police online and via their web chat or by calling the non-emergency number 101 quoting crime reference 41 forward slash 938 Five one forward slash two three. Details can be reported anonymously via Crime Stoppers on O eight hundred five 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 one one one, or via its untraceable online form. Now we come to the information slot, which includes the obituaries, 
what's on and more news items. The obituaries in the Gazette this week are Richard Malcolm Boardman, peacefully passed away on 28th November 23 after a brief battle with cancer. Most loved dad and granddad. Donations to RNLI, inquiries to Neville Funerals 252395. Yvonne Teresa Clifton, dearly loved mum of Simon, Matthew, Petra and Philip, passed away peacefully on Wednesday 22nd November 23, age 83 years. Requiem Mass to take place at Corpus Christi Roman Catholic Church String on Thursday 14th December 23 at 10.30am followed by internment in Tring Cemetery at 12 noon. Donations if desired to benefit hearing dogs for deaf people and or Cancer Care and Haematology Fund can be sent to Care of Heritage and Sons, 1 Churchyard, Tring, Hertfordshire, HP 23 5AE, telephone 778-999 or online at C pjfield.co.uk forward slash services forward slash 409832 Marion uh, Florence Harlow formerly of Buckhamsted died peacefully on 24th November 23 aged 94 years much-loved wife of Jerry and sister of Joan. A funeral service will be held for her at Chilton Crematorium on Friday 15th December 23 at 2pm. Family flowers only. Donations at service to RNIB. Sheila and Nichols. Sadly passed away on Sunday 19th November, aged 80 years. She will be dearly missed by her family and friends. Her funeral service will take place at All Saints Church, Long Marston, on Thursday 21st December at 11.30am. All inquiries to go to R. Metcalf Funeral Directors, 18A High Street, Tring, HP 23 5AH, telephone 828394. Barbara Smith of Castle Village in Berkhamsted passed away peacefully at home, surrounded by her loving family on Friday 17th November 23 aged 90 years. A memorial service to celebrate her life will be held on Wednesday 13th December at Sunnyside Church, 
at 2pm to which all are welcome. Family flowers only, but please consider a donation in her memory to Safe Passage, the, the charity for refugee child children at www.safepassage.org.uk forward slash donate or to the Hospice of St Francis jwarley.co.uk Margaret Cullen of Leverstock Green and St Albans passed away peacefully surrounded by her loving family on Wednesday 29th of November 2023, aged 90 years. She was at the heart of our wonderful family and will be sadly missed by her children, Andrew, Nancy and Sue, sister Norma and grandchildren Ella, Rosie, Isabel, Matthew, Tom and Lucy. To live in the hearts of those we love is not to die. Funeral service to take place at Holy Trinity Church, Leverstock Green, on Tuesday 12th of December at 10am. All flowers welcome. Donations directly to the Cystic Fibrosis Trust, www.jwarley.co.uk, J. Wally Funeral Directors Limited, telephone 253465. Ruby Foskett sadly passed away on the 23rd of November 2023, aged 85 years. A much-loved mum, nan and grandmother who will be missed greatly by all her family and friends. Ruby's funeral service will take place on Thursday 14th of December at 1.40pm at West Hearts Crematorium, High Elms Lane, Watford, WD 25 OJS. Flowers, if desired, to be delivered to Kingswood Funeral Care, 93 North Approach, WD 25 OEL by 10am. Or donations in Ruby's memory can be made to Cancer Research UK at rubyfoskett.muchloved.com. Wendy Emily Pipe sadly passed away on the 17th of November 2023, aged 78 years. The beloved wife of David Wilf Pipe. Funeral service to be held at Hemel Hempstead Crematorium on the 15th of December 2023 at 1.30pm. Family flowers only. Donations to Age Concern UK. Hilda Rowe. It is with great sadness that we announce the death of Hilda Rowe, nee Ollie Oak, on the 16th of October 2023 at the age of 93. Hilda was the much-loved widow of Eric Rowe, mother of Beverly and Annette, grandmother of Alice, Emily and James, and great-grandmother of Emily. Her funeral will take place, or took place at the York Crematorium on the 7th of December at 2 o'clock. Family flowers only. Donations to Smile Train would be appreciated. www.justgiving.com forward slash page forward slash Hilda's hyphen smiles hyphen four hyphen children. Hugh William Scott of Park Road and Carnarvon Close died at St Paul's Care Centre on the 12th of November 2023, aged 95 years. Brilliant and adored husband, dad, stepdad, granddad and great-granddad. 
funeral service to take place at St. Mary and St. Joseph Church, Boxmoor, on Thursday the 14th of December at 11am. May they all rest in peace. And now what's on? The Ballad of Rudy, Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, December 5th to Christmas Eve. In this original show, Rudy doesn't have a red nose. Rather, it's his talent for exciting new music that sets him apart from all the other reindeer. Together with a magical jazz penguin, he goes on an adventure that teaches him that life isn't about following the herd. Comical, warm and with a big heart, the show features live music, original songs and lots of imagination. Sing the blues with a polar bear, jam with the puffins and beatbox with an arctic fox. It all happens at the North Pole Jazz Lounge. The show is suitable for ages two and above and is presented by acclaimed children's theatre company, Goblin. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. Cinderella, Milton Keynes Theatre, December 9th to January 14th. Much-loved comedian, TV and musical theatre star, Brian Conley, leads the cast of this year's festive extravaganza at Milton Keynes Theatre. Making a triumphant return, as Buttons after performing at the venue in pantomime in 2017. Join Cinderella as she transforms from rags to riches, outwits her very wicked stepsisters, and with the help of her hilarious friend and one very magical fairy godmother, meets her Prince Charming. Expect laughs galore, stunning scenery, beautiful costumes and plenty of boos and hisses. Visit atgtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book. Cinderella, Watford Palace Theatre until New Year's Eve. Expect plenty of millennium-themed mirth and mayhem in this nostalgic, for some, take on the classic tale. Royal Court and Shakespeare's Globe actor Terence Frisch returns as Watford's dame for the 11th time. Call 01923 225 671 to book. Peter Pan, a pantomime sequel. The Auburn Arena, St Albans, December 8th until New Year's Eve. Coronation Street's Chris Gascoigne, CBB's Maddie Moat, and St Albans' favourite Ian Kirby star in this new pantomime adventure. Visit auburn-arena.co.uk to book. And now for some local football news. Brad Quinton felt his side were unlucky not to get a point at Hampton and Richmond on Saturday, but lamented the concession of two goals from free headers. Two first-half headers from Rory Donaldson gave the Beavers three points, moving them to second in the league. A late goal from substitute Tyrese Briscoe was not enough to spur a Hemel Hempstead comeback on the cold December day. Quinton was disappointed with the result, having had to deal with losing Josh Williams to illness as the teams prepared to go out. Youngster Bradley Roberts was allowed to replace him, then Dan Powell forced off, was forced off with injury just seven minutes in. 
Quinton said, the ref allowed us to make the substitution, but obviously the game plan changes slightly. Then we got an injury a few minutes in, so that was technically two two changes straight away, which isn't ideal. I think we're a bit lethargic after that start, and then gave their guy two free headers, which we talked about, but it took two goals before someone decided to mark him. So they didn't really cut us open, but then we gifted them chances, which is so annoying. In the end, Hampton and Richmond were running on empty, and I was proud of how we committed ourselves in terms of our work rate and effort. We had a great chance with Montel going one-on-one and putting it past the post, so it should have been 2-2, but there were other chances too. Hemel were back in action on Tuesday night as they welcomed Chippenham Town to the Focus Community Arena. They'll then have a weekend free of action, having exited the FA Trophy last month, with their next game being at Haventon Waterlooville next Wednesday night, the first of three straight away games with Torquay United, the hosts on December the 16th, and Slough Town three days later. The festive period will then see Worthing, Worthing the visitors on December the 23rd, before a local derby header with St Albans, the away game being on Boxing Day before Hemel are the hosts on New Year's Day. Hemel Storm were left to rue a costly slow start as their improved later showings failed to haul back the early deficit afforded to a high-flying Reading Rockets team who ran out 84-92 winners on Saturday. Despite Hakim Silla's 27 points for the home side, it was the visiting Mitch Clark's 26 that had the ultimate say as his clinical shooting at key points was enough to see his side safely over the line. Despite a storm scare in the NBI Division 1 encounter. A Rockets side with hefty ambitions for the season came through in important moments and did enough to take a reasonably comfortable victory in the end. Silla had 27 points and 11 rebounds to continue his fine start to the season, but lacked help from his teammates, with Seth Svalves, 23, the only other notable contribution. Storm returned to action this weekend, back at the Stormdrome for the last time in their historic calendar year, facing Birmingham Rockets. Tip-off is 7pm. We know all about the top senior football players in the world as social media is daily flooded with their facts and stats keeping us abreast of their achievements. But what about the up-and-coming young guns? Here we reveal their worth on the global market and who's hot on the world stage. Sportingpedia investigates the changes in market value of the players who finished within the top 10 in the Golden Boy 2023 award. One of our report's most intriguing revelations is that Xavi Simons' performances over the past 12 months have seen him gain a whopping $52 million on top of his $18 million valuation a year ago. Jude Bellingham and Rasmus Hoyland are the only two other players who have managed to increase their values by $50 million, 
while Gavi is the sole member whose estimate has not changed even one bit since November of 2022. Even before his move to Real Madrid, Jude Bellingham had achieved a market value of $100 million through his impressive performances at Borussia Dortmund. Following an exceptional debut with Los Balanchos, including scoring 13 goals in 14 matches, Bellingham's current valuation stands at an impressive $150 million. Jamal Musiala, from $100 million in November 2022 to $110 million in November 2023, despite the German national team's disastrous form, Musiala's individual performances have not waned. Savvy Simons, from $18 million in November 2022 to $70 million in November 2023, this is by far the biggest and most impressive increase among top 10 players, based on information from Sportingpedia.com website. And a reminder for those interested in sports news, on Saturday afternoon, Three Counties Radio broadcast on FM 103.8, Heart Radio are on FM 97.6, and Talk Sport on MW 1089. Other sports news. A pickleball club in Berkhamsted are going from strength to strength following their recent success at the England National Pickleball Championship in Bolton. West Hart's Wizards began two years ago when the Everyone Active Leisure Centre in Berkhamsted launched pickleball a sport that combines elements of badminton, tennis and table tennis. Keith Pollard, a regular user of the Leisure Centre and a former tennis player, noticed the group playing one day and his curiosity was piqued. Soon, Keith was hooked and became a pickleball leader. Now the Wizards boast more than 150 members and run sessions six days a week. Keith says their Wednesday night sessions for beginners are always full of people eager to learn the sport. Keith explained that the sport, which originated in the USA, is popular with retirement communities and is easier to pick up than sports like tennis and squash because the court is smaller and the ball doesn't travel as quickly, permitting longer rallies. The Wizards were very successful at two recent national tournaments, including the England National Pickleball Championships in Bolton, taking place from October 26th to 29th, the Wizards picked up five gold medals, three silver medals and five bronze medals. Films at the cinema this week include Godzilla Minus One, an action movie, um, animation The Inseparables, comedy Wonka, Eileen, which is a drama, Please Don't Destroy, Treasure of Foggy Mountain, another comedy, Elf, 20th anniversary, a comedy, Wish, an action animation, Napoleon, an action drama, Saltburn drama, Thanksgiving horror. All popular films are provided to Cineworld with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of book booking. Uh, the Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, The Marvels, action movie, Five Nights at Freddy's, horror, Kill, Killers of the Flower Moon, drama, Royal Ballet Live, The Nutcracker, 
The Three Musketeers, A Christmas Carol starring Simon Callow, Christmas Seizing, Season Bad Santa. More news. Wildlife charities are joining forces to learn more about a rare breed of bat which has been previously spotted in Berkhamsted. Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, HMWT, are working with Hearts and Middlesex Bat Group, HMBG, to find out more about the Barbastel bat. The charities are seeking maternity colonies to protect the bat, which was until recently presumed to be extinct in Hertfordshire. In 2012, HMBG discovered the first maternity roost where female bats gather to have their young each year near Bishop Stortford. Since then, the two wildlife conservation charities have worked together to improve our understanding of these little-known creatures. This has led to two further maternity roost sites being located, one on the Ashridge Estate in Berkhamsted in 2018 and the other in St Paul's Walden in 2019. The Barberstell measures around 4 to 5 centimetres with large ears and a pug-like nose. Debbie Big from HMWT said, By tracking, da- tracking down maternity colonies, we can help to protect the habitats which support bats. If you see a Barberstell bat, you can share your photos via social media tagging at HMWT Badger. More what's on. Comedy. Rod Gilbert. Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, volcanic high-octane humour. Price £20. Book at oldtownhall.co.uk. Screaming Blue Murder Comedy Club, Old Town Hall, Hemel Hempstead, sees the return of some old favourites plus some rising stars. Price £10. Book at oldtownhall.co.uk. We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7.57 and 15.52. Don't forget, for those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to the website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. For those who are listening to this week's news on Memory Stick, the amenities and services information follows after the final music. Please remove the memory stick from the player, return it to us in the pouch provided and check that the pouch is securely sealed. Turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail postbox. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Mike who was your technician this week. <laughs>